Well, good morning, church family. It's great to be in worship with you today as we gather together uh, online uh, to worship God. You know, uh, I am so grateful to each and every one of you, whether you're joining us uh, halfway around the world uh, or just down the street, you are part of this church family, and we are happy to have you here with us. I'm Pastor Tony. And I'm Pastor HK. Good morning. You know, um, Pastor HK, uh, today is uh, your first time preaching here at <laughs> yeah. Christ Church. Woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're talking about, um, your, your sermon is called Glorious Impact. Right. So give us like a little tidbit. Like what are you talking about today? Yeah, I mean just the synopsis of today's message will be, you know, just the, this divine impact that we get to witness from, you know, between creator and the creation. And, you know, again, I can't go really much in details, but... You know, just that beautiful impact that we get to witness from our Savior. And so hopefully it will be a blessing to all of us. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank yeah. you for bringing the word this morning. We've been praying for you. We have people praying for you right yes. now on the chat. Please don't stop. Uh, please don't <laughs> stop. Yeah, we, we, not just Pastor HK, but all of us, whenever we go up there, we need your prayers Amen. that God would speak through us and we could get as much out of the way as possible. So, um... Right now, church family, I just want to encourage you to join us in the live interactive chat. Let us know that you're here with us, and, and let us know where you're joining us from today. We'd love to be in community with you. We also have a host team that is available to uh, pray with you. If you want to click the, the live prayer button, they can pray with you. Uh, otherwise, you can just put your, your prayer requests uh, right there in the chat, and, and the whole community would be happy to lift those up on your behalf. If you have any questions, you can also ask those uh, questions in the chat or check out our resources link at the top of the page. Also, if you have kids, uh, there are uh, kids' ministry resources, including um, Val and Angie's brand new Kids' Corner uh, materials. So you can find that, again, if you click the Resources tab, there's a link that'll go directly to the kids' page on our website. So, church family, I hope you are ready for some worship because I am certainly excited to see what God is going to do today. Let's go ahead and join our hearts together as we continue this time together. Well, good morning, family. What a glorious day to worship the Lord with you all this morning. Let's begin our time of worship. Amen. And I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb I'll 
called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know. The old made new. Jesus, when I made you, you called my name. And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day I was an orphan, but you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, come on, church, I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. What a glorious day indeed to worship the Lord our God Almighty. Do me a favor, church. If you are online, would you just greet one another in the chat? If you're one of the people here in the building, the few folks, just turn and wave. Give them an air high five and greet one another in the name of the Lord. Amen. continue with our worship this morning I have a hope I have a future I have a destiny that is yet awaiting me my life's not over 
a new beginning's just begun I have a hope I have this hope God has a plan it's not to harm me but it's to prosper me and to hear me when I call he intercedes for me working all things for my good though trials make I have this hope. Let's declare together. I will yet praise Him, my great Redeemer. I will yet stand up and give Him glory with my life. He takes my darkness and He turns it into light. I will yet praise Him, my Lord, my God. forever dwell in the house of my great king no eye has ever seen all he's preparing there for me though trials make up i have this hope i will yet praise him my great redeemer i will yet stand up and give him glory with my life he takes my darkness he turns it into light. I will yet praise Him, my Lord, my God. There's still hope for me today, because the God of heaven loves me. There's still hope for me today, because the God of there's still hope. There's still hope for me today. Does the God of heaven love me? There's still hope. There's still hope for me today. Does the God of heaven love me? I will yet pray. it into light. I will yet praise Him, my Lord, my God. I will yet praise Him, my great Redeemer. I will yet stand up and give Him glory with my life. He takes my darkness and He turns it into light. I will yet praise Him, my Lord, my God. church aren't you glad for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ the hope that he gives us 
that even in the midst of this chaos that may be before us, we still have the opportunity and grace and love of Jesus Christ. Let's sing this out together, church. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I know the night. word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing Praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. Still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Yeah. 
today looking to the God who makes a way where there is no way that's who we come to worship today that's who we come to trust you are a God who brings forth manna from heaven and water out of a rock you lead us through barren places God to springs of water you lead us Lord by the hand in the middle of an open place without walls. Part of us wonders, Lord, how you can possibly keep us safe. And every fiber of our being, we wanna hide behind those man-made walls. And yet, Lord, you say to us, trust me, that you are more secure here in my presence than you would be behind any walls of any height or width. God, you are our refuge. You're the one in whom we can find our rest. And Lord, does our world need rest right now? Lord, we join our hearts together this morning, recognizing that you, Lord, it is only from you that we see the glorious impact. But Lord, we also recognize 
that our world is not fully at that place yet where we would want to see it. Lord, though we know that your, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the, the, uh, the seal for the deal, Lord, we know that in Christ we have our hope, that in Christ we have life that is eternal and abundant. And yet, Lord, sometimes we struggle, sometimes we search, sometimes we doubt. And Lord, together in this time, we lift up our hearts together and we pray for all of those impacted by Hurricane, the, uh, Hurricane Laura this week. We pray, Lord, for all of those in Portland and in Kenosha and in other places, Lord, across the country and the world that are dealing with uh, violence erupting over the issues of uh, justice, Lord, in the world. Lord, we pray for all of our communities, every single one of them. We pray, Lord, for our civil servants, Lord, as they uh, continue to address these concerns and these issues. And Lord, we pray for the church that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit to be a voice of reason, to be a voice of peace, and a voice of promise in this time. We pray for all of those dealing with the effects of COVID-19, which still remain among us here five, six months later. God, we know that you are working behind the scenes, that even now you are working. And we thank you for that, God, for our trust is not misplaced in you, for you are truly a God who makes a way where there is no way, a God that we can count on and a God who fills us with life. And so whatever it is that's on our hearts this morning, God, we lay it all at the foot of the cross and we come before you knowing that you alone are God. You alone are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the all in all and the great I am. You are God and you are the one we have come to worship. So Lord, let this be your time. In all that we say and do, Lord, may you be glorified so that your glorious impact would be made evident among us. I pray, Lord, for Pastor HK as he brings your message this morning, that you would fill him from top to bottom with your Holy Spirit and speak a redeeming and powerful word through him in the holy name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray all of these things with gratitude and great expectation in Jesus' mighty and awesome name. Amen. Amen. Church family, it's great to be here and worship with you today. If you didn't uh, catch us before at the intro, my name's Pastor Tony. I'm your online campus pastor. And I uh, just want to say again, whether you're joining us from just down the street or halfway around the world, you are part of this church family, and we are happy that you are here with us today. At this time, I want to invite you to click on the uh, connection card link at the top of the online campus page. This is our way of hearing from you, of learning how it is we can pray for you in this season, how it is that we can connect you to the ministries of our church. And so, church family, uh, just again, I just want to encourage you to click that. Let us know how we can be in community with you. And now, uh, Pastor HK is delivering the message. All right, thank you. Looking Pastor forward Tony. to it, brother. <laughs> thank you. Woo. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good 
Good morning. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm getting situated here. Wow. Yeah, I'm Pastor HK. Today is my very first sermon here at Christ Church. So I'm very excited, and I have to be honest with you, nervous. So please keep me in your prayer as we go on this journey together. You know, last week, we, we wrapped up our sermon series on David, and God you know, spoke through Pastor John and Pastor Tony and, and to wrap up, to, mac, to maximize and magnify the life of David. And through his life, we witnessed God's faithfulness and God's divine presence in, through all the ups and downs that David has gone through. And so as I was praying and discerning how we can you know, respond from that, you know, how, what it means to, to live out the life where we are called to go after God's heart. And as I was just praying and discerning, I pray and hope that today's message will be a, a, a holy response, a way for us to cultivate that desire to continue to seek God's heart in all seasons of our lives. So before we start, I just want to share a brief context, brief context of today's message. And today's message comes from Gospel of Luke chapter 8, verses 40 to 55. So if you have your Bible, please join, and please join with me. Or if you have your Bible app, you know, click it, and then we'll go from there. But before we read verse 40, I wanted to share a brief context where verses 26 to 39, it gives a very interesting notion where Jesus actually gets asked to leave. So verse 40 actually starts with the setting where Jesus comes from a different town and he arrives at a different town. But then verse 26 to 39, it's very interesting because Jesus gets asked to leave because Jesus presented his divine presence. He did his miraculous work and yet people were feared by him. Instead of being in awe and giving thanks, people were feared by the outcome. And so it's very rare to see, you know, for us to even imagine that, man, the Son of God gets kicked out from a town. That's a very interesting scenario. And so that's something that I want to share. And even today, you know, the Gospel of Luke was written by Luke himself, who was a Greek Christian doctor. And again, he was not a Jew. And so he was writing it from a quote-unquote Gentile's perspective. And so that's a very interesting context I want to share. And, and most likely, this gospel was written 60 years after Jesus' death. And so just want to give a, a setting, a context for us to know. And hopefully, you know, as we read today's text, as we engage, it will give us a better understanding. So if you have your Bible, again, uh, verse 40, and it says this. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. Now, by this, by this time in Luke, Luke Gospel of 8, it's safe to say that Jesus' reputation, his credential has been well spread. You know, during this biblical time, there was no emails, there's no social media, there's no Instagram to really, quote unquote, I guess, promote Jesus' reputation. And so everything was done through words, like the old school style. But around this time, again, Jesus' reputation was well known. I mean, his, his healing, all the miracles that he has done. 
And so people, in a way, they knew who he was. They knew that something about Christ was different. Because in verse 40, it says what? When Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. This was not a private gathering. It was a public welcome, for they were all expecting him. Now, a man named Jairus comes out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and starts pleading. And just to give a little bit of a context of Jairus, he was a synagogue leader. Now, a modern translation would be a rabbi. A rabbi, so that means that he had a lot of authorities and a lot of uh, responsibilities to a temple. And so he was in a, a high class. He was considered as a high class during the biblical times. So people, most likely people knew who he was. He also had a high reputation, most likely. So imagine this with me, church, like out of, again, a public setting where a crowd was welcoming Jesus, this man, a rabbi, comes out of nowhere and starts pleading. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and starts pleading for his daughter's health. This is, again, it just shows that Jairus was desperate. He was desperate. You know, I don't have a kid. Hopefully in the future I might. But um, I can't imagine the life, that's, life of Jairus right now. You know, having his one and only daughter sick and is pretty much dying. That's what Luke was saying. She was dying. And so Jairus, in the presence of all the people, despite his credential, despite his reputation, he laid at the feet of Jesus and he risked everything. And so that's the first point that I want to share with you that again, he laid everything. When I say everything, I mean everything at the feet of Jesus. And let's continue. Luke verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 43, and it says this. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind them and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Let's just sit there for a little bit. 12 years of bleeding. Now, this is the second individual that is about to witness a glorious impact. And now, during this biblical times that some of us might be aware of, that during the time, in the Bible days, women were considered second class. So that's something that you and I, we have to remember. And on top of that, her condition, you know, if I were to make this PG, it's like time of the month for our sisters, for our ladies out there, and so it's, it's, it was that situation, and now she was going, she was experiencing Tom for 12 years, nonstop. It was like a con- continual symptom that she had. And this is very important. And, and before we go a little bit deeper, I want to just read, verse, uh, read from Mark chapter 5, because Gospel of Mark also has the same account, and, but it gives a little bit of a different wording, and it says, and it says this. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Two things I want to share with you in that, in that, in that verse, Mark chapter 5, is this, that she heard about Jesus. 
She didn't know Jesus personally. There was no, she never seen Jesus most likely. So she only heard about Jesus. And even going back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, is Luke makes it very clear that this woman was not lazy, that she, did, she gave everything. She did her best of her ability, used all of her resources to, to address the symptom, this condition that she had for 12 years. But Luke makes, makes it very clear that no one could hear her. So, not, so no doctors, no medical individuals during this time, like no one could address this. No one could heal this poor woman. So having said this, imagine this woman, again, considered as a second class, unfortunately. That's one. And the second thing about her is that this concept of 12 years of bleeding brings out Leviticus 15. Leviticus 15 says this, where in verse 25, actually verse, from verse 9 to 19 to 31, it's, it talks a very descriptive laws about what to do when a woman has time of the month. But I'm just going to focus on verse 25. It says this, When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time, other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues, continues beyond, her, beyond, beyond her period, which is the context for the bleeding woman, she would be unclean as long as she has the discharge, just in the days of her period. She will be unclean. Unclean. That's a big word right there, unclean. Because most likely, you know, the symptom that she had, scholars believe that it wasn't like a huge life-threatening situation because it's been going for 12 years and she's still around. But scholars were saying that this situation, her, her journey actually focuses on how she was socially debilitated for 12 years. Because during this time, when you are considered unclean, you are excluded from everything and everyone for the given period of days. And so the law is saying seven days. So imagine, I mean, but most, but it is safe to say that she was excluded, neglected for 12 years. Can you imagine that? 12 years. It wasn't a month. It wasn't two months or whatnot, half a year. No, it was 12 years of needing to be quarantined. And it wasn't her choice. It was something that was beyond her control. And most likely, people knew who she was. Most likely, people knew who she was. And so imagine this, like, you know, verses 40 to 42, I mean, again, just to give a little a scenario, again, Jesus, Jairus comes right at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus acknowledges Jairus' faith, courageous faith. And what do they do? They start walking. They start walking to Jairus' house. And as they're walking, imagine, again, it wasn't just a, it wasn't a private journey to Jairus' house. No, it was Jairus, Jesus, the disciples, and a lot of people, a lot of crowd. And as they're going, this woman, so imagine like there's a herd of people right here, and this woman most likely was out here out of nowhere, like just excluded, excluded. And she heard about Jesus, and she sees Jesus, and now 
This woman, in faith, she risked everything. She risked everything to go and touch his cloak. Because, again, because of the large crowd, you know, she wasn't a snake where she was able to slither through without having no contact with whatsoever. I think that's even impossible for any snakes too. But imagine, like she was most likely going through the people, touching their feet, their, their shoes, or their clothes and everything, and going through the crowd. She was risking everything because what's happening? The moment she gets in contact with the other people or even other objects, they are also considered unclean. That's what Leviticus is saying. Leviticus made it very clear that even a simple contact, so if I were to even just touch this and I'm the, I'm the woman, if I touch this, this is unclean now for seven days, this chair, this stool. That's how serious it was. And so imagine she's just risking everything and going through it and decides that in, according to Mark, it says, she thought if I only touch his cloak, not even his feet, not even his sandal, but the edge of his cloak, Let's continue. So verse 46, it says, but Je- and oh, actually, before 46, I don't say this for <laughs> verse 45. I love this part right here. Because verse, verse 45, it says what? Who touched me? Jesus asked, because the woman touched the cloak. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. I want to <laughs> highlight this verse, verse 45, because Peter gave the most relatable question that many of us might have asked if we were in that situation. And I believe that Luke is affirming again this setting, this physical setting, that again, it was very difficult for Jesus to even know who touched, who touched him. Because Jesus was surrounded by people, which is a very rare scene for us because of COVID. You know, we don't, see, we don't get to witness that. Peter, I mean, gave the most human response. And I think, honestly, if I was in Peter's shoes, I could empathize with that man. I think I would have said the same thing. Saying, Lord, look around. Hello? Like, there's so many people around you. I I touched you. (laughs) Most likely Peter was thinking, I touched you. Does that count? So let's continue. Now, verse 46. Now, but Jesus said, Someone touched me, and I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. And she told why she had touched him and how she has been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Wow, that's a lot to unpack right here. Just to give a little interesting comment, when you see the word but, B-U-T, especially, I personally think, especially within the gospel narrative, when you see the word but, something's going to happen. There's going to be a, a glorious collision. There's something that's going to happen when you see the word but in the gospel. So, but Jesus said, verse 46, what? Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And look at this image right here. I mean, again, the posture of the woman, she had to be on her knees and everything. And so 
what happens right here in verse 46 that when Jesus acknowledges, re-acknowledges this contact that he felt, Jesus, first of all, and this is the first glorious impact that you and I, we get to witness. And the first glorious impact, the first point that I want to share is that Jesus knew, Jesus knew who touched him. And Jesus could have said, oh, the woman that was bleeding for 12 years touched me. Jesus could have simply said that. He could have, well, he could have dressed right away. But instead, Jesus knew, and, and we, get to kind of, we get to witness the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the divine invitation of God. Now, verse 47, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling at, and fell at his feet. And in the presence of other people, she told why she had touched him and how she has been instantly healed. See, before, I, I, this is my, whenever I read this text, I always think about this. When the woman came at the feet of Jesus because she responded to this unavoidable invitation from Christ, you know, Jesus, Jesus could have, you know, addressed this issue. Jesus could have said, actually called her out. Jesus could have called her out saying, hey, what you did was wrong against, you know, according to the Leviticus. You made everyone unclean. You made, my, you made me unclean. Jesus could have had that response, but instead, Jesus did not shame her in the presence of the people. But rather, Jesus invited her into his presence. Like that, that's, the, that's the heart of our Savior. That's the invitation some of us could be sitting here in this, and, and, or even at our, at our homes and, again, can, like, it doesn't really make sense because why? She broke the law. She broke the tradition. I mean, she made, gosh, dozens of people, most likely, or more, unclean and even touched the cloak of Jesus, the Son of God. And Jesus had every right, again, had every right to respond and call her out and and you know, address this very differently, but instead, Jesus magnified his lordship, his heart, his compassion. And in verse 48, it says, then, she, then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. See, the fact that Jesus called her a daughter Brothers and sisters, we have to remember that this woman was neglected for 12 years. And I think it is safe to say that you know, if you're neglected, if you're excluded from the society for 12 long years, most likely her identity was greatly affected. She's, I'm sure she started to doubt who she was. I'm sure she started to, to believe that, man, I am unclean. The lies of her identity. I mean, I'm sure she was consumed by those thoughts. That I gave everything, that I gave everything. And, but then look what happened. Nothing happened for 12 years. So I am nothing but this unclean individual. But Jesus, as he graciously invited her, Can we go to the picture? I'm sorry. 
oh, sorry, the next, the, the previous one. Image C, right here. I'm confident that when Jesus, when, when the woman came at the feet of Jesus, Jesus looked straight into her eyes. I truly believe that she, Jesus gave her the full attention in the presence of all the people that surround, around, surrounded them. And Jesus said, daughter. And that's the fourth point of our first glorious impact where Jesus redeemed her identity. That Jesus redeemed her identity. And that's a powerful scene right there. Let's continue. Verse 49, it says, while he was still speaking, again, as this was in a way being concluded, right? This bleeding woman is now redeemed and restored woman. Now, as that's taking place and that's wrapping up, someone came from the leader's house, Jairus' house, and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. So when Jesus heard this, he replied, do not fear, only believe and she'll be saved. Let's pause for a second. Again, Jairus was in the midst, witnessed this whole redemption, restoration of this woman. Jairus was there. He witnessed everything. And out of nowhere, it's a great ending, right? It's a powerful, redemptive conclusion for this woman. And out of nowhere, a person from his house comes, Jairus' house, and say, hey, I'm sorry, your daughter passed away, so you don't have to bring Jesus anymore. Now, I can, I can only imagine this from Jairus' point of view. I'm trying to empathize as much as I can, and my goodness, I personally think when Jairus heard this, his world collapsed. His world collapsed. For those, for those of us that witness and experience this tragic loss in our loved ones, I mean, I'm sure when you are informed with that tragic news, I mean, my goodness, your life starts collapsing. It's not in the same spot. And I'm sure Jairus was experiencing that right now in this, in this scripture. And what happened with Jesus? Now, here's our second glorious impact that we're about to witness. Verse 50, Jesus spoke hope to Jairus when he said to him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. Do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. Now, Jairus, this is very interesting because Jairus, again, he had a choice. He had a choice to, to respond to Jesus with two different scenarios. One would be this, which I think some of us can relate, saying, Lord, no, it's okay. I mean, you know, she passed away. You know, you were coming, but unfortunately there was, you know, we missed the timing. Unfortunately, she passed away earlier than we expected. So you could, you could just go you're on, your way, on your way, and I'll go my own way. Jairus actually could have done that. But when he received the hope from Jesus, I truly believe that God was reminding him, Jairus, you just witnessed Jesus moving the mountains. You just witnessed 
Jesus making a way when there was no way. So do not fear, but only believe. Only believe. And I really believe that Jairus, he responded in faith in that moment. He responded in faith, even though his reality was collapsing, even though his instant thought process most likely was, there's no way my daughter is going to be healed now. But through faith and in faith in Christ alone, he believed. And that's the second point for the glorious impact, that Jairus believed in his word, church. Now, let's continue. Verse 51. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him. Jesus did not allow anyone to enter with him, except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. And they were all weeping and wailing for her. But, she, but he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 53, and they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. So it was Peter, James, John, the parents, the five of them, and Jesus, and the daughter. So there's seven of them in the room. And the, out of the seven, out of the, you know, five out of the seven, they laughed at Jesus for, for him to say that she was not dead, but she was sleeping. Verse 54, but he took her by the hand, Remember, but he took, Jesus took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and, ate, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told him to give her something to eat. This is the third glorious impact that we're about to witness. That Jesus restores. And let me expand on that a little bit. Fact that Jesus took the daughter's hand. It was, an, again, another mind-blowing scenario because it brings out Numbers 19. Whoever touches a dead body of any person shall be unclean for seven days. So another Old Testament law that Jesus, in a way, went beyond with, with the daughter of Jairus. Now, I want to make this very clear that Jesus did not come to neglect or discredit the Old Testament law. In fact, when Jesus came to to this world and throughout his three years of ministry, we have to believe that Jesus came to fulfill the laws and the prophets, that he came to fulfill it, that even the laws that we see in the Old Testament, in a way, it was all centered around our Savior. And so Jesus did not discredit or anything. No, he was the Lord of all, everything. You know, in Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, but I'm going to read verse 3, but verse, verse 3, it talks about how John really magnifies the identity of Jesus Christ and how in verse 3, he says, I'm just going to summarize it, that you know, everything was made through Christ, that nothing was made without him. And even the laws, it was all made through Jesus Christ. 
So we experience this amazing, glorious impact where one, Jesus restored and redeemed this bleeding woman and Jesus brought back Jairus' daughter. And I truly believe that church, that it was the posture of Jairus and the woman at the feet of Jesus that unlocked the faith, that unlocked this glorious impact that has taken place. Because Jesus knew who he was going to heal, and Jesus knew who he was going to wake up in this narrative, in this text. And I will wrap it up with this, where um, Oswald Chambers, you know, late 1800s theologian, uh, he was a great preacher, theologian, and he says this about faith. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Let me say that one more time. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one, the one who is leading. Both Jairus and the redeemed woman, the bleeding woman, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know the outcome. They didn't know that by falling at the feet of Jesus, risking everything for the presence of Jesus, they didn't know the outcome. They had no idea what was going to happen afterwards. But they knew, and they were in awe and fell in love with Jesus Christ. And they were able to experience this amazing, glorious impact. You know, nowadays, it's really hard, especially with everything that's going on in this world, with COVID, with the division and the tension that's taking place in our world, in our nation, with the racial injustice, and even the natural disasters that's taking place. And you know, as people of God, it's really hard for us to say, man, you know, it's really hard for us to respond in faith, I should say, or even interpret, even discern the magnitude of the reality that you and I were witnessing. But brothers and sisters, I pray and hope that in faith I'm sharing this with you, that God is bigger. That our God is so much bigger and greater and stronger than the reality of our world. And even though our eyes cannot see, even though our ears cannot hear, even though our hands cannot tangibly grab his cloak, and even though we might not be able to tangibly fall at the feet of Jesus, The Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is with us, is dwelling within our hearts, and it is constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly leading us in our faith journey. So even though we have no idea where we're going, even though we don't know our next steps, I pray and hope that the fact that we love and we know the one that's leading us will lead us every step, will guide us, and will unlock the endless glorious impacts that we will get to witness for the kingdom of God 
and for his glory alone. Let's pray. So Jesus, you are here right now in this very moment. We want to declare that right now, that even in our respective homes, in our respective space, God, you are here, that you are with us. Emmanuel, you are with us. God with us. Holy Spirit, we ask for more of you and less of us, God. That, Lord, as we just again reflect today's message, that our hearts will continue to follow you, that we will continue to give our full attention to you, knowing and loving that, God, it is you, the creator of heaven and earth, that's leading us. So Holy Spirit, we give you praise and honor and glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, as before we go into the response song, I believe this is time where we can give to our church. Um, again, we have Venmo. There are two different ways, or three different ways, I should say. Venmo, um, Christchurch VA, it's an excellent app. It's easy to use, so please, uh, if, if God is, you know, guiding you and, and nudging your heart, yeah, let's, let's be a faithful steward. I think that's a big thing. That's a big thing, faith, being a faithful steward. And so it's a great way for us to respond and give back to all the blessings that we have received from God for his kingdom and glory. So there's a Venmo, and there's another way to do it, um, push app, push pay. <laughs> um, or you can text to CCVA uh, to 77977. So there's multiple ways of doing it. So please, um, Take this time to do it, and yeah, let's continue to worship Jesus. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name Into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows Of is written Jesus Christ my living Lord Who could imagine so great a mercy What heart could fathom such boundless grace A God of ages from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. 
continue to go on this faith journey again it's it's a faith journey you know faith that really needs to be cultivated day to day and you know as we continue to walk and seek the Lord I pray and hope that man God is with us that God is with us at all times and and that our faith journey is is centered it's all about our Savior. And so as we go on this journey, that we know who is leading, that we love the one that's leading our journey. Amen. 
And church family, as always, we just want to see you grow in your faith. That's, that's our aim, is to see you grow closer to Jesus Christ in character and to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. And so there are a number of ways that you can do that uh, going forward. And one of those ways uh, you might have heard already about is one of our Faith Essentials classes, Alpha. Uh, Alpha is starting on um, the second week of September, uh, and we are going to be offering Alpha both uh, uh, for English and Spanish speakers. So um, just wanted to get that out there and let you know that Alpha is the number one, one of the number one ways in which we help you grow in your faith here at Christ Church. You can find out more about it uh, right there on our website, ChristChurchVA.org, and then just search for Alpha. You can register anytime between now and when it starts. Um, and I'm always available if you have questions, if you need to know more about it. Man. The next opportunity that we have is the in-person worship. So we've been doing it for the past couple of weeks. So please, you know, join us. You know, go to our church website and sign up. And you know, we're opening up to 100 people, and we've been averaging about 50 for the past couple of weeks. And so it's a great opportunity for us to come together and reconnect. Again, we're very, we prioritize the safety, and so. Please join us. The sign-up sheet starts Monday afternoon, and it closes at Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, and so please sign up and yeah, join us next week. Yeah, and, and I will just say to what Pastor HK said, um, depending on your comfort level, of course, but I will say that it was wonderful for those of you who did join us last week, just preaching to a room with people in it again was really incredible. And so um, just uh, pray, uh, prayfully consider joining us again in person at your comfort level. I wanted to say one last thing. Next week, we're starting a brand new series. Pastor John will be kicking it off for us, and it's going to be called Unbreakable, The Promises of God. So here's the thing. We live in a time right now where uh, we're just so uncertain of things. It's a time where the world seems to be telling us one message that contradicts what we read in Scripture. And in order to stand firm in the midst of very trying times, we need to know God's promises, not just individually, but as a community. Because if we know God's unbreakable promises, we too, as the church of Jesus Christ, we become unbreakable in our resolve to live out our faith. And so, church family, I hope you'll join us over the next eight weeks as we uh, learn about the promises of God, starting next week with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So, church family, we love you so much, and we are so glad that you joined us today, and we pray that you will be blessed throughout your week. And as always, until next time, love, love God, God, love, love others, others, and live, live out, out the gospel, gospel life. Hallelujah.